I want to set you free tonight with a message about emotion. We've been taught that if we feel bad, we're failing. But guess who expressed painful emotions openly and loudly? Jesus. Come on, were any women at Chosen Conference? Make some noise if you were there. What a great, great conference. We had people from all of our campuses. I'm telling you, uh, it feels odd to be for me. I was at the women's conference too, but it was so cool. Uh, and God showed up in such an incredible way. Uh, by the way, I'm Josh Surratt. I serve as the lead pastor here at Seacoast. That's why I was at Chosen Conference, not because I snuck in in some kind of weird way. But the, the last night... Uh, God just moved, and we had been praying and preparing and hoping that some women would get baptized. And I was standing right over here on this side of the worship center where I'm in right now, and uh, we made this call for baptism. And a couple of ladies came forward and began to get baptized. And uh, I was with my daughter, and she wanted to, to, to get some food. So we went back to the back room. I hung out. It had been a long conference. I was eating a little bit while the Holy Spirit was moving in this room. About 30 minutes later, I walk in, and there is a line of women out the door of the worship center. We had 65 women get baptized at the Chosen Women's Conference. And I, I want you to know that uh, whether you were there or not, whether you are a woman or not, you're sitting in the residual of, of that today. And uh, there are going to be more people that get baptized, get baptized today. Uh, we have baptisms at all of our campuses. I just talked to somebody after the last service who said, hey, God's just spoke to me during our time together, and he's getting baptized. So you can fight it. I mean, Lisa came up at Chosen, and she kind of gave this really strong word, like, come get baptized. And I'm like, I've heard that before. You can fight her, but you're going to do it anyways. You might as well do it the first time. And the Holy Spirit is, is like that as well. So if God's been moving in your heart and preparing you uh, to take that step of faith of saying, hey, I want to go public. I want to be identified as a member of Jesus's family, as a follower of Christ, I encourage you in whatever location you're at today to do that and take that step. I have one more uh, announcement that I want to let you know of before we jump into the message. In two weeks, we're having Legacy Vision Night. It's going to be Saturday night, October 1st, and the one and only John Maxwell, a leadership author, New York Times bestseller, has become a mentor in my life, is going to be with us to invest in our legacy team. And normally that's like a, a smaller gathering. Uh, what is legacy team, you say? Well, that's People who love our church, uh, people who give uh, above and beyond their normal giving because they want to see the, the vision of the church happen. And it's not like this threshold amount. It's anybody. It doesn't matter. We don't even just if, if you want to be there, come uh, and, and you're going to be blessed by that. And there's a link, I think, that you can follow to sign up and let us know that you're coming. But it's going to be a great, great time. We're starting a brand new series today. It's called The Tide is Rising. Can you all say that with me? The Tide is Rising. Now, I need to clear something up right away uh, because there's some heresy that's kind of been floating around in our church. I was talking yesterday to one of our board of trustee members, uh, Brian Wells, and he said, hey, I'm really looking forward 
to this series, The Tide is Rising, I felt it too. Roll Tide. <laughs> this series has nothing to do with Alabama football. In fact, I'm believing the tide is going to go out on Alabama football as it comes in uh, here at the church. And so, <clears throat> so the tide is rising, nothing to do with football, uh, but, but we really do believe that God has got us as a church in position for a unique season where the tide is going to rise. If you live in Asheville, you may be thinking, what are you talking about? The tide is rising. If you're here in Charleston, maybe you're familiar, but in the rivers here in the Charleston area, every six hours, the tide fluctuates about six feet or so. And then on bigger king tides or their full moons, it'll even fluctuate more than that. And I first learned about this a few years ago. I was on a boat and I don't own a boat. I have friends that own boats. That's my philosophy on life. I think it's a good one to live by. I've never had to fix a boat, but I've certainly enjoyed a few rides on my friend's boats. And we were going out into the Charleston Harbor. We were leaving from Shem Creek. Uh, and if you live here in Charleston, Shem Creek is a great place to get some good food. It also outlets into the Charleston Harbor. And so we got on the boat and we went straight out of Shem Creek. We drove straight out into the ocean and we went out and we fished and we hung out on a beach. We went in the intercoastal waterway. And a few hours later, we were coming back home. And I noticed that the guy who was driving the boat, he went a different direction coming home than he did going out. I'm like, well, what is going on? He kind of went in by a channel and near the, the, the land instead of coming straight into the the creek, the same way that we came out. And I was like, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing this differently? And he said, oh, well, it's low tide. And I'm like, well, I'm looking out there and it looks exactly the same. He said, no, it's not exactly the same. Uh, in fact, if you want to know what's going to happen, what would happen if we drove that way, I want you to watch that boat right there that's coming out of Shem Creek. <laughs> and there was a boat that was on the same line that we were on. And it went from going as fast as it was going to going zero miles an hour in a second. And a guy flew over the front of the boat into the water. He was okay, thankfully. And what happened is that at low tide, there are sandbars that are there. You can't see them uh, with your eyes, but they're just below the surface. And this guy stands up uh, in what looks like the middle of the ocean, and literally the water is just above his ankles. And I learned something that day that's pretty important. That especially in the water, if, if, if you're out on a boat, you better pay attention to the tides because there are places that you can go in high tide that you cannot go to in low tide. Uh, and there are things also that on, a, on the flip side, you can see some cool things at low tide that you can't see at high tide. And I believe the same is true for us spiritually, that, that, that there are seasons of our life. And I even thinking about seasons of our church where God has been moving and doing some things. And, and, and when, when the tide is high, you can actually get to some places that you couldn't get to. Some people may even get unstuck. You know, uh, that, that boat, unfortunately for them, they had to wait till high tide. But once the tide came in, they could, they could move along to where they were hoping to go. And the same thing is true for us spiritually. So we're starting a new series called The Tide is Rising. I got a phone call about nine months ago, which is about how long we've been preparing for this series. And it was a trusted prayer warrior intercessor in my life who God has used in a number of different ways. And, and he called and, and Lisa and I were on the phone with him and he prayed over us. And several of the things that he prayed over were personal and dealing with some things in our own family. And then he said, I, I want to pray over the church. He said that the tide of God's presence is rising at Seacoast Church. And, 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 and God is going to be moving in a unique way at Seacoast. And so we began to 
pray through that. You know, you, you hear somebody pray or give you a prophetic word. That's not the Bible. That's not scripture. Sometimes, you know, people are, are right on. Sometimes they're not. And, and so we just began to pray and lean in. What, what does that mean? The tide is rising at Seacoast. And on January 1st of this year, we were getting ready to launch the beginning of this, the, the, the year together. And I went out to a dock at, um, and it was a king tide. It was a king tide is when the the sun, the moon, and the earth are all in alignment to such a degree that it is like, I mean, it was massive, like 10 feet. If the normal swing is six feet, it was like a 10 foot high tide and, and there was water everywhere. And I'm praying and God gave me this verse in John chapter seven, verse 38. And it's really going to be a theme verse for us in the series. It says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, this is Jesus talking. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. Man, whoever puts their faith in Jesus, whoever believes in Jesus, rivers of, of living water are going to flow from them. And as I looked out, I noticed that, man, when the tide is high, when there's water kind of going into these areas, like there's life everywhere. You look along the shoreline and there's flowers and there's, you know, marsh grass and trees are growing. And man, I think the same thing is true for us as a church. As the tide rises, this isn't just going to be about some weird thing that, that strange believers experience in rooms or campuses around our area. This is going to be something that's going to flow into your family into your workplace, and there are some areas that maybe have felt dead for a long time that are going to experience new life as the tide rises. What's it going to look like? I'm not exactly sure. We'll talk a little bit about it uh, as we go, but I think it's going to look internally like seeing people that you've been praying for for a long time. Maybe there are some of you that have a loved one that's been far from God. Maybe you raised them in the right way, but they've kind of been journeying away from I'm believing even in the season, it's going to be a season where prodigals are going to come back home. Uh, we're going to see. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty exciting. I believe that there are many and this happened at Chosen and it was so beautiful to watch. But there were some some women who had been really stuck with some stuff that had happened way back in their childhood and just supernaturally and God used some really incredible leadership, uh, Donna Pisani and, and Anita Phillips, Dr. Phillips. And man, some people got, got free from some stuff that has been held them in bondage for years, some of them decades. And I believe there's going to be a lot more of that happening, people finding God and finding freedom. And some of you maybe feel a little bit purposeless in life. Maybe you feel like you've been in a season where you've been aiming wondrously, I, I believe, Wandering aimlessly, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but some of you are going to find, you're going to find a little bit more meaning for your life, a little bit more purpose, and you're going to, you're going to be intentional. You're going to make a difference. Uh, you know, we're going to see the tide rise in a lot of different ways. One of the ways it's going to happen is happening actually, as we speak right now, there are nine other life-giving churches that are being planted right now as we speak all around uh, North America, which is pretty exciting. So I think we're going to see... We're going to see churches planted. We're going to plant new campuses. We're going to see some cool stuff happen in, in our midst, but it's also going to affect us in our lives. And so we, we believe that the tide is rising, but just because the tide rises, it doesn't mean everything necessarily rises with it. Maybe you've heard that saying, you know, all ships rise with a rising tide. Not necessarily. In fact, I've got a picture I want to show you. Check this out. 
the tide rose, but the boat didn't, right? If, if you look closely at that picture, that boat was tethered and anchored to some things that weren't rising with the rising tide. And so when the water went up, the boat stayed down and it ended up sinking the boat. And I wonder if there are some of us that are here today and we've kind of got ourselves tethered to some things of this world, some things that maybe have held on to us for a while. And, and this series and this season is going to be really great because God's going to, going to loosen you from some things that you don't need to be tethered to. And he's going to tether you to his word and to his spirit and to a community. And we're going to rise with the rising tide. And so I'm, I'm so excited about this series. We've been praying about it the last nine months, every staff meeting. We've talked about the rising tide. Uh, how are we going to rise with the rising tide? We've talked about how our expectations and our preparation and our own capacity as leaders. Man, I've seen way too many of my friends stand on platforms and, and have to resign from their churches because their own character and integrity didn't rise with the platform that God gave them. And so we've been preparing our team and talking about, man, how do we, how do we get in position to be able to receive what God wants to do and, and, and lead through that in a healthy way? And so we're going to take about five weeks together and we're going to talk together about what does it look like for us to experience a rising tide. And my focus for our time today is going to be around the idea of expectations. If we're going to see the tide rise in our church, it's going to start with our expectations rising as well. So I have a question for you. What is your life expectancy? Have you thought about that? What is your life expectancy? I believe that today God wants to increase your life expectancy. Not in the number of years. I mean, I hope so. That would be really cool if he did that too. But I'm not talking about how many years you're going to be on this planet before you go see Jesus and spend time with him for eternity. I'm talking about what are you expecting out of life? What are you believing for in life? When you made the decision today to show up to church or to watch from your pajamas in your bed or wherever you might be at one of our locations, did you come expecting anything? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? See, I'm believing that what, what God wants to do in our time together today is just to increase our expectancy of what God wants to do as the tide rises in our church. And expectations can be tricky, can't they? Because if you expect too much in somebody or even in yourself, you get what? Disappointment. I mean, we've all experienced that, right? We put our expectations in somebody or something and it didn't happen but if we expect too little, maybe we miss out on something that's happening because we weren't expecting it to happen. But I believe, and we're talking about the God that we serve, the, the, the God who came and sent his son Jesus to die for us, we cannot expect too much out of that God. In fact, there's a verse that we read every single weekend at the end of our service in every one of our campuses, and it's Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. According to his power that's at work within us, every single week we declare, we say, we receive that we serve a God who is a God that is greater than our expectations. We cannot dream bigger than the God of the universe. So we need to think about what do are, what are our expectations look like as we go into a rising tide? How do I wait with expectation? 
I want to go to Luke chapter 3. And uh, Luke chapter 3 is a season of history where, if you know your Bibles, you've got 400 years of, of basically silence from God between the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, where, where people had been waiting with expectation and hoping and believing that a Messiah was going to come. But generation after generation after generation, their hope is, is disappointed. It doesn't happen. And now in Luke chapter two, Jesus is born, but he hasn't begun his public ministry. And so then in, in chapter three, there's a guy named John the Baptist who's preaching and teaching, and there's a lot of power happening in his ministry. And people are starting to wonder, could this be it? Could this be the Messiah? And look what it says in Luke 3, 15 through 16. It says, the people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Man, I love that verse. We love to focus on, man, baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And that's what I want to see. And especially church people are like, man, we want revival. Let's see that. But what I want you to notice in this verse is the first part of it. The, the, the baptism, Jesus came and he baptized with fire and the Holy Spirit, but it started because they were waiting expectantly. There's one version of that verse that says they were on their tiptoes with expectation. They were so excited that God was going to do something that they were on their tiptoes. And I kind of feel like I'm preaching today on my tiptoes because I believe that God is going to do something. And I want you guys to, to lean in with expectation that God wants to move in a powerful way. And what's interesting about that verse, they were actually very wrong theologically. They'd gotten the guy wrong, right? But God honored their expectation. God honored that they were leaning in and eventually they were able to see, oh, wow, there is Jesus. There he is. And so I want us to lean in with expectation. I got invited to preach in January uh, at a first Wednesday service at a church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Why did they ask me to preach? I think I was the only person who said yes to going to Minneapolis, <laughs> Minnesota in January. Uh, great church, Substance Church. And some of you know Substance. And I was there for their first Wednesday service. And uh, so I flew up there. We had lunch with the team. And I went back to the hotel just to kind of pray and get ready for that service. And as I was praying, full disclosure, I don't really feel this way here. I feel like God has delivered me from the need to do a good job here. I don't know what that is. I thank God for it. I used to pray all the time, Lord, please don't make me look like an idiot on this platform in front of all these people. But, but I really don't pray that way anymore. I just trust that God wants to speak and he's going to use uh, whoever he chooses to put on this platform. And I, I know that he's spoken through a donkey, and I feel like I'm at least on par with that, so I feel okay. <laughs> but man, sometimes when I go to other churches, it's like that insecurity pops back up, and I found myself in the hotel room just like praying, God, don't make me look bad here. Like, don't make me look, I, I just want to, I don't, and, and I felt like the Lord just spoke to my spirit and was like, really? Like, is that the level of your expectation right now? Because people aren't showing up tonight because they want to hear from Josh Surratt. They're showing up tonight because they want to encounter the living God. It was like, yeah. <laughs> and so I called Lisa. You remember that? I called and I was like, I need to repent. I've just been like in a weird spot. I feel like God just spoke to me. And man, I'm starting to actually believe 
but he wants to do something significant. And so we got to that church service that night and, and we're, we're doing a little pre-service prayer with the worship team and with some of their leaders and dream team members. And man, as we're praying, people start to just pray these crazy expectations. Like God's going to heal the sick tonight and God's going to show up and set some people free from addiction. And God wants to speak to people's anxiety and people's fear. And as we're praying, my expectation level just continues to rise and rise. And then I felt, felt like God spoke to me again. And again, not like an audible thing, but I felt like what I heard is, Josh, you have no reason with all the things that you've seen at Seacoast Church, the healing services that we've seen, the ways that God has shown up in your church, you have no excuse to show up into my presence without high expectations that I could do the supernatural among you. And it was like, all right, I believe it. And that night was so powerful. We ended up having to cancel two dinner reservations because God continued to move and people were healed. And I told them some of the stories of what God had done at Seacoast. And it was just like, oh, wow. And so I came back in January and I gave my first kind of talk to our staff about the tide is rising. And I repented for the number of times that I've walked into this building with way too low of expectations, with way too low of expect, just kind of going through the motions. And so I want to do that with you today as well. And I want to invite you to enter into his presence on your tiptoes, believing that God can show up, that he can move in your homes, in your family, maybe in that area that you feel stuck. You feel like the, you, know, you, were, you, were, you were moving through at, at the wrong tide and you got stuck on some things. And, you, you, and it's like, man, I'm believing that God's going to rise the tide. And as he does, we're going to see freedom and we're going to experience some powerful things. Three thoughts for us as we wait expectantly. I want to give you three areas that you can, you can count on. it. You can expect three things. And one of them is this. Expect God to do what he already said he would do. You can expect God to do what he said he would do. You know that we have the word of God. I've got it on this iPad. I have it on my, my phone. You have it in your Bibles. We have so much access to the word of God. And the word of God is full of things that God has already said he's going to do that we just can raise our expectations. We can lean in and go, okay, God, you said you were going to do it. I'm going to expect it. I want to go through just a couple. I'm going to run through them fast. Some things that you can expect based on God's word. If you're in transition right now, and you're concerned about your provision for the future, you can expect God to give you provision in your finances. Matthew 6, 31 through 34, put God first. All these things will be added to you. That's not the prosperity gospel. That is a God, Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider, who's going to take care of your needs. If, if you've done something that you think is unforgivable to the point that you've even never forgiven yourself, you can expect forgiveness from God when you pray. First John 1 John 1.9, he's faithful to forgive you every single time. If, if you find yourself full of shame and guilt and maybe stuck in your own sin, you can expect salvation and eternal life. John 10.9, John 3.16. You can expect the Holy Spirit to fill your life. Luke 11.9-13. You can expect everything that you need for God to provide you. That's Philippians Chapter 4, verse 19, where God says, I will richly supply you with everything that you need. What do you need from God today? He's able to provide it. You can expect healing when you're sick. Psalm 103, verses 2 through 3. You can expect wisdom and direction when you feel confused and stuck. That's James chapter 1, verse 5. 
You can expect recovery and restoration. Joel 2, 25, where he said, I will restore everything that the locusts have taken from you. And we could do a series on each of these verses. I'm just trying to build your faith a little bit that God's already said some things that you can expect and believe for them to happen. You can expect peace of mind even before your circumstances have changed. Even when it feels like your world is blowing up, Philippians chapter four, verse seven, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding can rule in our hearts. You can expect to be a person of influence, Genesis 12, two, that God would move in such a way in your life that you would influence other people. You can expect to live with more than enough to be generous, and that may look different for every person in us, but man, you can expect that 2 Corinthians 9, 8, you can expect to be an overcomer in your life. Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors. We are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus who lives within us. Here's the bottom line. You have access to God's word, and it's full of promises that God's given us that you can take it to the bank. Now, here's what I know. Some of you may hear me run through a list like that, and you're like, well, you know what? That doesn't really line up with my experience. <laughs> I've, I've prayed, and I've, I've experienced disappointment. Me too. Me too. And, and, and one of the most significant things that God did in my life during the season a couple of years ago when we really saw God show up supernaturally, if you're new to Seacoast, my sister actually was diagnosed with breast cancer and kind of out of desperation. We're like, you know what, we're, gonna, we're just going to do a healing service and we're going to believe that God's going to heal. And selfishly, I was just wanting to see God move in her life. And God did heal her, by the way, through medicine, which was amazing. We're so grateful uh, for for the, the, the medical minds, but we also saw many, many people healed supernaturally, just crazy stories that I never would have imagined. But one of the biggest differences between me today and me then, God still doesn't answer every time, every prayer that I pray in the way that, way that I thought he was going to answer it. But I had kind of trained myself to pray through the lens of the disappointments that I'd experienced in my life. And I've just decided, you know what? God said it. I'm going to believe and I'm going to pray through the lens of scripture instead of the lens of my own disappointment. And so some of you, you need prayer. You need healing. Today is a day where you're going to come up. It was our prayer team members that started that one because they do. They, you may not feel it, but you're going to come during response time at one of your campuses or here in this building. You're going to pray online. And there are people that they aren't praying through the lens of the times they prayed and God didn't. They're praying through what God said in his word. And we're going to expect it. And uh, it doesn't always happen the way we thought it would. We believe at Seacoast that healing comes in one of a couple of ways. Sometimes God heals supernaturally. Sometimes he heals through medicine. Sometimes he heals through heaven. And you know what? That's his job. That's, you know, that's above our pay grade. We just, we just lean in with expectation. So you can expect God to do what he said he's going to do. Spend time in God's word. The second thing you can expect there's a lot of excitement. That all goes away now. You can expect resistance. <laughs> you can expect God to do what he said he's going to do, but man, the tide is rising here at Seacoast. You know what else you can expect? You can expect there to be resistance from what God wants to do. Resistance come, comes in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it comes through spiritual resistance. Did you know we have an enemy? Did you know there's spiritual warfare? I believe in this season, we're going to need to step up our ability to just fight and recognize that when resistance is coming from the enemy, that we are overcomers. We're, we're, we're above that. Jesus has already defeated the enemy. 
but he's going to try to get you to believe lies that aren't true about yourself and about your future. So that we're going to have resistance. Sometimes it's internally. I mean, I mentioned that voice in my own head. Like I'll tell you when I, when I planned this series as with the team, we planned it. the tide is rising. Uh, we've been planning it for about nine months. And here's the thought that had recurred several times in my head. You're going to launch into the tide is rising and it's going to be a low tide season. You're, nobody's going to be there. You're going to be preaching all by yourself. Everybody's going to have gone left. You know, it's like, man, my own head. I just start to, to question. And you have to catch yourself. and go, no, no, that's not true. That's a lie. I don't believe that. Sometimes resistance comes from other people. We, we had chosen our women's conference, and this happens every single year. <laughs> the week of chosen, there is crazy resistance. This year, it, it showed up first in the form of head lice. Pretty much all of our lead team for Chosen, their kids got head lice. <laughs> like, really? Like, if you haven't had to deal with that, that's, that's terrible. Like, that's just no fun whatsoever. Kids are out of school, stressing the home, having to clean all that stuff up. And there were car accidents. There were relational challenges between people. It was all kinds of stuff. And even on the day of Chosen, we're doing our final rehearsals. We're getting ready to pray on this platform a copperhead snake rolls up on the, the platform. I know some of y'all think we do snake handling at Seacoast. That's not what that was. That was somehow a, literally a poisonous snake shows up on the stage right before Chosen. We didn't handle that snake. We stomped on the snake. He's dead. Uh, thank you to our facilities team, who's phenomenal. But man, sometimes we have to just stomp out the resistance. And stand firm that, you know what, the tide is rising and I'm going to believe that in my home. I'm going to believe that in my workplace. And we're going we're gonna to battle that resistance. Nehemiah faced resistance. One of my favorite stories of the Bible. He was working for the king of Babylon. He had this great role. God called him to go and build a wall. Rebuild the wall of, of Jerusalem. And man, he, everybody was on board at first. It was like, yeah, I'll give you resources. I got you. I bless you. You can go. The king sends him. All these people go. It's great. The tide is rising. We're rebuilding the wall. <laughs> Until some people in town that didn't want to see the wall be rebuilt. Guess what? Not everybody's going to want to see God move in your life. There are some people that like the old you, the dead you, and they're going to be resistant to, to you leaning in and growing because you're going to make them feel a little uncomfortable. But it's going to be part of God using you as a person of influence to reach them as well. But there's going to be resistance. And so what happened in Nehemiah says when Samballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead. When they heard that the tide was rising, when they heard that God was moving, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Resistance. It always happens. It's all throughout scripture. We moved to Charleston to plant Seacoast Church. Just a dream in my dad's heart. Man, it's a holy city, but, but what, if we, what if we believe God that he would create an atmosphere that, that people who don't know God that are far from him would be drawn to his presence? Two weeks later, car accident. Kids in the hospital. Sons in a coma. Resistance. He's standing up on MUSC's Ninth floor, wondering, did we make a mistake? Did we miss God? That's the voice of the enemy. We're all sitting in some version of God's blessing because people continue to fight through resistance. You're going to have to fight through resistance. I want to encourage you to do it. 
Sometimes it's critics. And I love what Nehemiah said in chapter six. These guys, these critics were like, hey, I want you to come off of the wall what you're doing and you need to meet with us. We need to talk about why you shouldn't be doing this. And he said, I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message. And each time I gave the same reply. What I thought about there is the enemy is resilient, but we got to be more resilient. We just have to stand firm in what God has called us to do. Expect that God's going to do what he said he would do. Expect resistance. The last thing is really the invitation that I'm, I'm offering you today is that you would pray with expectation. As I've been thinking about the series and just praying through what God's going to do among us and what would be like one action step that I would ask from all of you, from our church, those of you here, those of you at the campuses, those of you online. The tide is rising. I'm expecting great things in our church. I'm expecting great things for you. Are you expecting great things? Are you expecting to experience God's presence in a, a unique way? The one thing I would ask of you that I think could lay the groundwork for, for what we experience together is that we would all commit and agree to just pray with expectation. What would it look like for everyone? Well, I'm here for the first time. You know what? You're here. Come on, be a part. What if everybody committed to pray for one minute a day just so that the tide would rise in this church, in your home, that you would see the fruit and the life and the vibrancy in your workplace, in your school. One minute every day. So we're launching the, the 320 prayer campaign. That's 320 p.m., by the way, for those of you early risers. You're welcome to do it twice if you want to. But I'm going to invite all of us to commit to pray for one minute, one minute every day at 320 in the afternoon. Why 320? Well, Ephesians 320. God is able to do immeasurably more, but also from a practical standpoint, if you have young kids in school, I want them to be a part of it. A lot of us, that'll be on our ride home from school. That's great. Take a moment and pray together as a family. Hey, we're just going to pray. What do I pray? You know what? Start with, God, I'm praying that you would, you would just raise the tide of your presence in our church. Or we want to experience revival in this church. Some of us get weirded out by that word. What does revival mean? It means there are some things that are dead that God's going to breathe new life into. And we've all got some of that in our life. God, bring revival into my life. Bring revival into our church. And so if you'll text us at the number 320-320, just text the word pray. We're going to send a text reminder every day. I promise you we're not going to text you about a whole bunch of other stuff. Just with maybe a passage of scripture that you could pray and believe God for. Some of you, maybe you're suspicious of the church texting you. That's okay. You have one of these. You, you use them for alarms all the time, right? And for me, I'll set two or three on some mornings if I'm a little worried that I'm going to oversleep. But man, what if you just took your phone out and said, you know what? I'm going to set a reminder on re repeat, 320 every day, one minute prayer, one minute prayer. Tell you, I get excited because what that means is tens of thousands of people with hundreds of thousands of prayers storming heaven, asking God to do something, believing with expectation on our tippy toes that God's going to do something powerful and unique in our midst. Would you join me with it?
Would you pray with me? Would you expect God to move? The tide is rising in our city. Why not? The world is a dark place. Why wouldn't God position his bride of Christ to be the light to show people a reflection of who he is? I want to pray with you as we close. God, we love you. God, we just want to tell you that we believe you. We expect you to do what you said you're going to do. And so we're asking you to, to raise the tide of your presence in our church. God, we're asking you to raise the tide of your presence in our homes, in our families, and in our workplace. And I feel, God, like there are probably one or two people here, probably more, who may feel like that boat that's stuck on that sandbar. And you feel like you've been stuck in an area of your life. And even right now in this moment, God, would you set some people free today? Or would you raise the water of your presence? And would you, would you help us into new waters to experience new freedoms with you? There may be some of you that you don't know Christ. You're not sure about this whole thing. And there's a lot of questions that you have. But, you know, God is drawing you to himself right now. Would you just say yes to him? Jesus, thank you for what you did, dying on the cross for my sin. I want to receive it. I don't understand all there is to understand, but I, I want to be a part. I want to untether myself from the things that would weigh me down. And I want to experience freedom and life in you. God, we're asking you to move in our church. You were a healer then, or would you heal now? Lord, you, you, you've done so much in our history. Lord, would you do a new thing today? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys with me? You guys excited about what God's going to do? Man, I just feel like, feel like we're moving into a new season. And it's going to start today. I've already heard, heard some stories from the earlier service of God just doing really cool things in our prayer time and our response time. And maybe you're here today and there's some things that you feel like are weighing you down. You feel stuck. You feel anchored to, to the wrong things. Go to the cross today. Just write down whatever that is. Whatever's a burden for you. It could be an addiction. It could be a sin. It could be, you know, a fear, anxiety. I don't know what it is, but just write it down. God, I'm believing you. What are you believing from God during this season? What are you expecting? Put it on the cross. Say, God, I'm just believing that you're going to do something today. Some of you are going to go to the candles. And again, I do believe that there are going to be prodigals that come home. And maybe for you, that's you. There's somebody you know that's far from God right now. And you're just going to light a candle. God, I need you to show up. I'm believing. I'm going to intercede on their behalf. I'm going to pray for them to come home. Some of you are going to come up for, for prayer. And maybe you do need healing in your life. Physical, emotional, relational, financial. I don't know what it is. But there are people that are here and they just are full of faith. They're not praying, you know, with the kind of hope that I have that the Cubs will make the playoffs this year, which is, you know, not going to happen. They're praying with hope that's anchored in God's word. That's anchored in a God who, who is a, a keeper of his promises. And they're going to speak those promises over your life. And just believe that. Come up for prayer. Some of us are going to come and take communion. And just thank Jesus for what he did. That it was his body, his blood that were sacrificed so that we could experience that freedom, so that we could experience that rising tide. We're going to sing, we're going to celebrate, some are going to give. But what's God saying to you today? Let's respond to him together.